1: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
2: This is the show on KMOX. Chris Ranji, Amy Mark's of course, Kevin Wheeler here. You guys can find us on Twitter at the show KMOX all of our handles our individual handles are listed on there as are the handles for our Instagram account and TikTok account which have not posted anything yet just started them yesterday so we're going to get that fired up here uh, in the next couple of days but it's all there so you can just mark it all down follow everything connect what do you say on Instagram you follow people on Instagram is that what you do same as Twitter well yeah okay what, what I, I mean, know, it's social like media. like something. I mean, they've got a like or a follow. Well, it well you
3: got to follow it before you like it. Okay.
4: And also, we are streaming the show. You can watch the show on the KMOX Facebook page. So, if you are Facebook. so inclined. Facebook.com slash KMOX 1120. K- yeah.
3: It would also be a really good idea to download the Odyssey app. Yep. You can listen that way anywhere in the world. Wherever you are. Yep. So the two, We had somebody from, I think, Texas or yep. Florida. Houston. or Houston. Houston. That's yep. right.
4: Yeah. We had a listener uh, from Antarctica who was a pretty... He, he lives there, I guess, when he's conducting research. Oh, okay. He's a pretty loyal listener. And uh, the two ways that I listen the most are the Odyssey app and then also like the podcast if I miss a show. So you can always podcast the show. And... 98.7, the FM. There you go. Uh, oh, my God, it sounds clear. so good. If yeah, you're, like, brilliant. in the 40 corridor, yeah. really, in 270, yep. holy cow, it's crystal clear. So
2: that's how you can get in touch with us, how you can listen to us, and obviously we'll be including voicemails, texts, and all that as we go along, too. The, the, the Western music's playing. We're calling this High Noon. This is simply going to be a tool to kind of recap some of the big stories we've already hit on, look at some other news we haven't hit on yet. So obviously we started early with thoughts on Memorial Day, Mm -hmm. Uh, not just the fun celebratory part because, you know, we all know that there's this kind of interesting dynamic, right? Like you spend the weekend barbecues and boating and doing all that. But there's also the serious element, too. And we hit on a little bit of that earlier. And there's one part, Amy, we didn't get to yet. You found the story that I thought was fascinating.
4: Yeah, and this was on KMOX Toll Information AM this morning as well, that Jefferson Barracks is now scheduling 25 funerals a day uh, because so many of our veterans are are getting older, are, are passing away. And about 20 years ago, Jefferson Barracks usually had seven Wow. funerals a day so you know every half an hour they're they're doing these funerals both of my grandpas are in jefferson barracks so my mom's dad fought in world war ii was in the fought in the pacific he was the guy we'd wear their uniforms and then my dad's dad was in korea
2: it's great you know you think of the generations right i mean we talked about it earlier the younger siblings of people that were serving in world war ii are in their 80s 90s i mean yeah. if you were really young you're in your 80s i mean we are talking about you know, more than 80 I mean, in in the start from the beginning anyway, 80 years ago
4: yeah,
2: uh, or from the early years, I should say. Um, So, you know, you have a lot of, of that, but even, even the, the generation that fought in Vietnam is getting into that age Mm -hmm. range or in the seventies and eighties. And that's, and when you think about the two of those generations basically combined, I think that's why you're seeing that, that rise in the number.
4: And, you know, Kevin, you brought up like world war two and all the world war two movies that are on and how we talk about those stories there's also, with Vietnam, so Jack Jackson was, he's, he was a Missouri senator, a state senator. He also, he fought in Vietnam. He was known as Mr. Harrier. So if you ever went to an air show in the 90s into the early 2000s, and there yeah, was a the, the Harrier, hovering aircraft. The hovering aircraft. That was Very him. Very
3: loud, by the way. Yes,
4: he flew those. So he was Mr. Harrier. And he said, you know, when he fought in Vietnam, they were told that they had the whole support of the country. You know, he thought that, America was behind him. And he when he finally came home after being in Vietnam, he was getting off the plane and a, a guy in like a business suit shoved him and said, get out of my way, you SOB. And he said that was his first welcome back. And it was he was blindsided by what the, the narrative had been in and, the country. And,
3: and, you know, and we talked about this earlier with the visual being very important. And, and Kevin, you mentioned this a few segments ago. That is that's part of what what turned people um, because we had all been, I think, as a society. And, and I wasn't around, obviously, for World War Two, really not for the Vietnam War either. Um, but your assumption was, hey, everything that's going on over there is is by the book and it's all great. But then you see some things that maybe weren't and we started to see images of dead bodies and then mm-hmm. our own dead soldiers and and the public started to turn on a lot of those soldiers i i think i i have this hypothesis that we have been trying to make up for that for the last 30 or so years that that we have we have really at least said the right things and put on a show for um, you know, veterans and the soldiers, and we love you and thank you. I don't think we always treat them the
2: best. No, we need, as a country. Need, yeah, yeah.
3: And, and and when they're done with their service, I don't think they get the the kind of benefits they should get. But I think that we at least do the visual, like we we put on the show and make it feel like, hey, we appreciate you and thank well, you so much of for respect. your service. Yes, there is. And
2: I do, I agree with you, by the way. I don't know. I mean, Amy, I think we've been trying to make up for that for a long time. You're a little bit younger, but, you know, that, that, but not, I don't think enough to, to miss out on this dynamic because it was not that way, you know, for, for the, for people coming back from Vietnam. Obviously, it was horrible and they were treated, not by everybody, but there was, it was a popular thing. It was significant. Yeah. It was a significant, significant enough number that, you know, I think our reaction later on was, let's not do that anymore. That was terrible. Like, I think there's a recognition that that was a horrible thing to do to people that did not really have much of a say in anything that they were doing. You right. know, I mean, when you're there, you're following, you're you're doing what you're told. I'm not and I'm not going to get into the too many of the, the right. I don't want to get in the weeds on all of that. But we understand now. And I think that started with uh, probably the, the first Gulf War. Um, Ninety one wasn't, you know, which wasn't a full on conflict, but it started with people coming back from that. And then it continued, obviously, Um, after 9-11, we became a lot more aware of doing that part better, of treating people better, which is a good thing. I I don't uh, there's there's
3: nothing else the public should do. But that is to at least let them know that that they're appreciated. But if we really want to do something nice for them. We make sure they never have to pay a medical bill the rest of their lives. We yeah. make sure and, they they don't they're have never... to get on
2: the line. Like, and I'm not going to get into the details of it, but you know, and my dad is uh, is a Vietnam veteran. He was stationed in Thailand during that whole time, but he's been in a battle for a couple of years about. Some benefits and it's just like a yeah. constant runaround like that needs to stop. There That's should
3: never be homelessness. I mean right. the, the mental health. Everything yeah. should be taken care of. They shouldn't worry about a damn thing instead of us just thinking thanking them all the time. Right.
4: Yeah. And I, I think I was going to bring up what you just said with the mental health, because what these what these guys and girls saw, and I even use the phrase like guys and girls because so many of them were young, 18, yeah. 19, 20 years old. Yeah. And we should have every resource available for our veterans to talk to them to help them get out of the the horrors of what they experienced and you know gulf war iraq all of that so many veterans like we we praise them when they come back but then if we walk away and don't help them uh, recover from that police officers i we need to have mental health Available for police officers, I talked to a friend who is a retired police officer, and he said he wakes up in the middle of the night with nightmares of visions of what he saw, you know, walking into mm-hmm. car accidents oh, yeah, or murder yeah. scenes. Mm-hmm. We need to have that available for people.
2: And, you know, we also related to that. Um, it was a separate topic, but another thing we hit on earlier in the show as is, is we're going through our, our bit of a mid-show recap was you know talking about the gun violence and mm-hmm. no solutions and there's always it's, – it's nothing but fighting and there's never any willingness or ability to do something because something is better than nothing and it doesn't have to be perfect, right? That old cliche, don't let perfect be the enemy of good or don't let perfect be the enemy of better. right And I think we're caught in that, but I, I, I threw out the theory, you guys seem to agree, that it's because – we we act on things that we see. The Vietnam example: we saw the video, we saw the pictures that were coming back from there of our dead soldiers, of dead civilians, and it changed public opinion. And it and it ended up ending our occupation there. or end, ended up ending our operations there. I shouldn't say occupation; we weren't there to stay. But then, and and we see some of that. We saw that with nine eleven. Very visual. We, yep. I mean, you watched it happen, and that led to immediate change, sweeping change. It led to a whole new branch. Well, a whole new agency, not a new branch of the government, but a new agency, the Department of Homeland Security. We showed that we can take significant action, but it's only when we see the tragedy and we don't see. And I'm 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 personally thankful that I've never seen the inside of those schools after the fact. I'm so happy that I mean, we've seen some of the grainy video from surveillance like on Columbine. There was some of the surveillance video there, Um, but i I nothing gruesome, really. I, I do think that the lack of the visual there is part of the stall because people are not emotionally pushed by it. I mean, the people that are not directly affected by it. And and to take it a step
3: further, I think we've behaved similarly with COVID. I think a lot of people did. Mm. We knew there were a lot of people dying, but it looked like it was okay for a lot of people. Well, it was just a cold. You're fine. And I I made this point to you guys that if COVID
2: made you bleed out of your eyes, our vaccination rate would be 100%. Chris Ranji, Amy Marks, of course, Kevin Wheeler with you here. It's the show on KMLX. All right, back in on the show. Chris Ranji, Amy Marks, scores, course, Kevin Wheeler. And the reason I'm going in that order is because that's how we're sitting in the room clockwise. Like, if I'm going clockwise, Ronge is at 12 o'clock, Amy's mm-hmm. at 3 o'clock. I'm basically at 6 o'clock. Dave is over there at uh, 9 o'clock. And that's how my mind works. You I never... work in an orderly way. That's why I did that. So Don't now. change it up? No, I, I probably will at some point, but okay. not today. Um, all right, so we actually just... Agreed on a new topic during the <laughs> break. And I think it's a fascinating one because it's happening in real time with a story that broke just a little while ago. And I have some fun. This is, this is what I do. I do not watch network TV news yeah. at all. I don't because watch. Because you
4: don't hate yourself enough to watch, watch cable news. I don't
2: watch any of the 24 hour news networks ever. I might find something linked that I will click on if I see it on social media, but I try to do most of it via reading because I think it's a less. It's just a. It's a. To me, I get better detail that mm-hmm. way, and I can look at a lot of different viewpoints in a very short amount of time doing it that way. Right. I can click on all the different news sites, some international ones, a lot of local ones. So, and I saw this story. I decided I was gonna do. I was gonna play headline roulette. That's how. I, that's how I look at it myself. Maybe we can make that the segment headline roulette. So the story today is that uh, uh, Michael Sussman, who was a lawyer for the Clinton campaign, was acquitted. On uh, what were the charges specifically of, of basically tipping off the FBI? Lying, or lying to the FBI. Yeah, lying to the FBI, giving them information about Trump and Russia uh, and all that. So the, the story was the, the actual story. This is what happened. He was acquitted on the charges. So I thought, let's see what the headlines look like on various news sources. So on CNN.com, headline is Clinton lawyer who passed a tip to the FBI about Trump and Russia, acquitted. Hmm. Would you guys, well, how would you guys grade the accuracy of that? Fairly, is, I think like I mean,
4: it's pretty objective. Seems, seems like seems it seems right down
2: the middle. Seems like yeah. it. Okay, uh, the MSNBC one is former Clinton campaign lawyer acquitted of lying to FBI, a blow to the Durham probe. So we all know that there's a special investigator who is looking into the people's actions, the Clintons. I you mean, know, the, the uh, how would you phrase that? The uh, the maybe the Democratic Party side of way the way they tried to frame the Trump right. Russia story. That's the that's what the investigation. So there's clearly. Some kind of political slant in that headline, right? I mean, you're saying this is a blow to this yeah. probe that is looking into this topic, yeah. even though it may or may not be a blow to it. It's just, I, to me, in a headline, right. that's 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 because it goes beyond fact, the story.
4: Fact, fact, analysis.
2: Right. Okay. So then, the other headline I looked at was Fox News, and the headline there is: Ex-Clinton campaign lawyer accused of lying to the FBI in the Trump-Russia case learns his fate. So clearly something was left out there. Right. So you guys, having seen those three headlines, to me, this is why we are in the place that we are in. Because depending on who clicks on which news story, and there are others too, you can click on Reuters and AP, and you can look at um, you know, other international sources. You can look at, um, what was the one you were just looking BBC. at? At BBC. You could, there are a lot of ways you could get this information. Unfortunately, so many people, and a lot of times you don't even click the story you just read the headline.
3: Well, and these are the three main cable That's networks why I chose them, yes. that, that that people yes. are paying attention to where, where I, I, the majority of people are are getting their news. Yeah. Um obviously I prefer the CNN headline because it, it, it tells you yes, it, it tells you exactly what's happening. It has not analyzed. Um I, I think it's okay in certain cases if a politician or whatever has outright lied, the headline can say so-and-so lies about this. I'm okay with that because that's the reality.
2: That's that's the As truth. long as that's a provable fact. Yes, right. Yeah. I, uh, mean,
4: I wouldn't even say he lies. Like I would use the legal term. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like if you're convicted of this or if you are, you know, you committed perjury.
3: Oh, no, no. I was talking about like just in general, it's something completely different. If if a politician does outright lie about something, I think it's okay to put that in the headline just to be clear to people what's happening. Um, But in in this case, Clinton lawyer who passed the tip to the FBI about Trump and Russia acquitted. That's that's
2: the way it should be. Like, that's the way you should write that. That's how, now, to me, that's how the headline should be. Yes. There should not be editorializing in a news headline. You want to editorialize with an editorial, go right ahead. Do it in the body of a story. Provide the context, the backup for your position. I don't really have a problem with that, but, it, but if you're doing that in the headline, you're doing that for a reason.
3: Yeah, and also make it clear it's an editorial. Yes.
4: make it clear
2: that that this this
3: is not a news story. This is commentary right. that we're bringing yeah. to you right
4: but I but I think a lot of people have blurred the lines. both the consumers who they think that Tucker Carlson or Rachel Maddow are reporters, they're not reporters no. They're talking heads. They're talking about what the reporters are bringing to them because reporters are so vital to the function of democracy. And you think of people like Clarissa Ward. She's on the ground. She was on the ground in Ukraine or on the ground in Afghanistan. She is a very different person and her job is very different than Tucker Carlson and Rachel Maddow. But I think both consumers mix up editorializing and facts, but also some Writers slash journalists do and I think some of that comes from the advent of social media because you have blue check marks for the New York Times or the Washington Post and they give commentary on their social media like Twitter. And because of the blue check mark and the association with like the New York Times, these legacy media outlets, they have the credibility and the validation of the gatekeepers, but they get to skirt the gatekeepers because their Twitter is not going through the editors at the Wall Street Journal or the New York I, Times. I
3: see that, but I, I don't think that's the same thing as an outlet. Writing a headline in a certain True. way to make you think
2: something, and
4: a lot of times that's the, different. The writer or the journalist doesn't always write the headline. No, they generally don't. And a lot usually, of times don't they in fact, I offended. would say it's
2: very rare that they do. Right, right. right.
4: And, and sometimes they're like, "That's not the point of my story." Yeah, yeah, that happens a lot. Write this headline. Yep.
2: Yeah, and these stories, the, these would be. I bet if you clicked on the stories, they're probably all the same wire service. They're probably yeah. all Reuters or AP stories that are just the you know the the same copy that everybody that subscribes to that service gets. I did not click through them all um, because I, I thought the headline part was the story. was the story. Was the that important was to me part. Because I think – and that that is the issue. Then we throw in the fact that we should share in the blame because we don't click. We just – so many people yeah. just read the headline. And, and I think you make a good point, Amy, at least as far as how people consume things on Twitter – I think we should all start with the assumption that what you see on Twitter is an opinion. Yeah. Start with that and then work backward. Because if you see whether it's the blue check mark or somebody sending a link to something that sounds over the top, assume that what you're getting on social media is either an opinion or it's trying to sway you in some way. And then when you work backward from that, you can find out. Oh, no, no, that's actually a real story. Oh, okay, that was reported. This is known. This was actually a verdict versus this was a story about something that your uncle told somebody else. And I think that we are not good enough at distinguishing between what's in the story and what's in the headline because we're too lazy to do it. And I agree with you. I also believe, though, that sometimes if if a story
3: is complicated or incredibly important – I think it is okay for a reporter in that instance to give you the facts but then tell you what the facts mean. But what bothers me about the headline thing is having somebody go, okay, here's the story. How can I make this sound less bad? Or make it sound worse. Or worse. (laughs) worse. Like, Like, How do I make it sound worse for the person I hate? Yeah. Or our side hates. Mm-hmm. That that is so bothersome to me.
2: All right, time for some Cardinals news when we come back. We are your home for the Cardinals on KMOX, and here on the show, we will be a good spot for your Cardinals talk. We get to some baseball next up here the on news. KMOX. Seen- All right back in on your home for the Cardinals, KMOX. It is the show. I'm gonna change the order. Amy Marks, of course, Chris Ranji, Kevin Wheeler with you here. Uh every you. day, every day at this time will be something related to the Cardinals. And we will have it other times too. It just depends on the newsworthiness of it, on what else is breaking in the day but we will always be doing baseball here Mm -hmm. at this time of day. Sometimes it'll be guests. Sometimes it'll just be us today. It's just us talking about the team. And I thought I would bring to you guys what I touched on briefly last night on Sports Open Line. I did it for just a couple of minutes. Uh, And that is kind of, I don't want to say a report card because we're not going to get that detailed, but just your vibe, your general feel of where the team is at the first mile marker of the season, right? I mean, we always look at um, Memorial Day. I shouldn't say we. A lot of people like Memorial Day as the first evaluation period. Our buddy Mike Claiborne likes Flag Day. Uh, until I met Claibs, I didn't even know what Flag Day was or where Flag it was day on the calendar. Flag Day is a great day. <laughs> yeah. June 14th? Yeah, I didn't know that. I didn't know that we until I met Claibs.
4: just a Flag Day bar crawl. That's it. That's nice. the end well, of the story. But we would all dress up in very patriotic things and sing songs and walk all over Lafayette Square.
2: Yeah, and, and Flag Day is a good day to do that, too. It's a little bit more of information and things. You get another couple of weeks. I've always gone, I don't know about you, Ranj, I've always gone by Memorial Day. So. The way I put this last night when I was talking about the cards is, what they've been so far is fine. They're good. They're good. They're they're the second wild card team in the National League. Now I think we all, I believe that they should be a, a contender for the division. I thought before the year with reasonably good health they should be a 95 win team somewhere in that range, 94, 95, 96, whatever. They're a little short of that pace right now. I think they're on pace for 92 after yesterday. It's 91 or 92. But we're also at a time of year where a two-game winning streak bumps you up to the pace where you're supposed to be. So what do you think? I mean, is is that kind of the assessment? Like there's thing there are problems, there are things that they're working through. We've talked about a lot of those. But I think the the general consensus to me is they're fine.
3: Yeah, this is about what I expected them to be. Um the 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 pitching has not been where it needs to be, obviously, and they've dealt with injuries, but a lot of teams, especially on the pitching side, have dealt with injuries so far this year. Um, So it's not exclusive to the Cardinals. They're a good offensive team. I expected them to be that. I expected them to score runs. I think what's what's interesting, though, about this season is they're not as good defensively as I thought they would be. Last year and the last several years, actually, they have prided themselves and been very good at at least not making mistakes, at least being a better defensive team. And I'm not saying they're a bad defensive team, but I don't think they're as sharp as they typically are.
4: Was it five gold Glovers? Or yeah, last yeah, year. Yeah. Last That's year, I mean, five gold Glovers. Which
3: which isn't always the best measure of whether or not a team is good because you've got people voting on it, and it doesn't necessarily mean yeah. that in, in terms of the metrics, they're good. But if you got five gold Glovers, the likelihood is you're a pretty good defensive team. So they were, and they have been, and that's one of the things that I, I use this, this team as an example a lot because I don't know if for whatever reason they stick in my mind, but the mid-2000s twins, they had some really good players on that team, but one of the things they did super well was not beat themselves. And the Cardinals historically, at least in recent history, have not beat themselves and there are times this year where it seems like it's happening more than usual. Hmm. So I think that's. And then again, I don't think it's alarming necessarily. I think there are a lot of teams out there in a much worse position as far as defense goes. But I'd like to see them clean that up a little They're bit, especially of the pack. if the yeah, it, right. They should be and usually are like a top five or so defensive team in mm-hmm. baseball, and that's kind of where you expect them to be. They're not there. Um, and, and maybe that would help put them over the top, especially with the way the pitching has not been as good
2: as expected. In some, th- This is the kind of the way that I would put all of this. It falls into one category, and it's mo- it may, mostly it's consistency. Because mm-hmm. when you look at the totals, and I'm not going to bother people with the numbers crunching, but when you look at the totals, they're actually pretty good. Like the offense actually ranks in the top 10. Yeah, the offense is, is right there. But it's yep. inconsistent, so it's misleading. Because it's been 18 runs one day, and then... Three Zero, days after that, two, one, two, yeah, none, yeah. and the problem is that you know you only get one win out of that. <laughs> you yeah. know, you're, if you if you have eighteen on one day, and let's say you score two in each of the next three games, well, you look at the numbers; it's twenty-four runs in four games. That's six runs a game. That's pretty good. But you don't win those other three games. You typically don't win unless you score four runs or more. So for the team, it's not about the quality of what they have. It's not about the abilities. It's about the consistency of it. Can you can you, can you you level off? Can we avoid? And let's be honest, some of it with the starting pitching that's been a little problem. A lot of it's about Jordan Hicks struggling in that role and his inability to get deep into games, which gets you into the bullpen earlier. This is something that that uh, Ali Marmel talks about a lot. You don't want to be putting too much on the bullpen and then have guys that can't throw. So today, for example, is going to be a little tougher because of the structure of yesterday. You, you only went two and a third with Packie Naughton or two and two third. And then you had three and a third out of Palante, and you had to use the bullpen. Everybody got stretched out a little bit in the bullpen to get the victory yesterday because it was a close game. And no Jack Flaherty, right? Who's going to see some batters tomorrow? Right? Sounds like it. I mean he's yeah. already he's already thrown bullpens. He's going to be facing. Yeah, I think he's already faced live hitters once. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's getting back, but we're still talking weeks. We're yeah. not talking about like next week coming back to the rotation. You'll you'll be thinking about probably two weeks ish once he's on a rehab assignment. So once you see him go out, you're probably looking at between two and three weeks because right. you're going to need, at, at this point, at least two or three starts to get to the point where you can you know throw the 85, 90 pitches you're going to want a starter to throw and not have to worry about it.
4: Do you feel like the Cardinals, like you said, they're fine. They've had some inconsistencies. But from a fan's standpoint, yes, the Cardinals are fine, but they've also been kind of interesting like there have been moments that have caught people's attention oh yeah like Pujols pitching or Molina pitching or Schmidt being hot or Nolan Gorman there have been moments that I feel like have popped out this season for being relatively early it's not like oh they're fine and nothing's happening you
3: got a guy you got a guy who's an MVP yeah he's he's playing like one yeah and that's why you got him in the first place right. so That stands out. Just about anything Albert does is going to Mm -hmm. stand out. But having him pitch and having Molina pitch. And we've talked about this, Kevin, when you and I were doing sports open line a few times about whether or not the position player pitching thing is dull or it needs to be stopped because it's an epidemic. It's, It's happening. Teams are using their position players because they don't want to burn pitchers in blowouts which I get, and I feel like I'm sort of over the novelty until, until Albert did it. <laughs> until Albert and then Molina, even though he didn't do, neither of them did well, it was just still kind of fun to watch that happen. So
4: it was, okay, Glover brought this up, and I think he brought it up with Ricky Horton, and I thought it was such a great point. He said, when you're watching Molina pitch or you're watching pull holes pitch, it felt kind of like your little league days when everybody takes turn pitchings and pitching yeah. and plays the different positions. And, and Ricky had said, wow, I hadn't thought of it that way. I think injecting fun into Major League Baseball or keeping the fun, because don't you feel like MLB can be a little serious, like no one can have fun without the express written consent of Major League Baseball, yes. but injecting better. moments of fun. And I know the position players pitching is a thing and it's always been a thing. But I think the more you have personality and the more you have fun, that brings people in.
2: There's, the problem here is that that kind of thing is great for you know your average Joe fan that goes to a few games a year and all that. The diehard people that are constantly mad about things, they don't care about that stuff.
4: But you that's know, not who Major League Baseball is trying to get. No, no, right.
2: but, you, but you have them. <laughs> the, the, and there are different elements to the fan base. Like There are the diehards that only want to see wins, that don't want to even talk to you unless you're talking about trying to make a run at the World Series. And then there's the there are the fans that, hey, like I just want to have fun, man. I want to go to a game. I want to enjoy it. I want to have a good time. The team's got a chance to win because they're pretty good at healthy. From a business perspective
3: and a growth of the sport perspective, the most important fan base or section of the fan base is the casual fan.
2: Yes, 100%. It's,
3: I mean, and nothing against y'all diehards, but you're coming back anyway. And the team's Major League Baseball knows it. Mm. So they're trying to appeal to the casuals, which I get because that's how you grow the sport. That's how you get most of your revenue. Most people
2: are not diehards. Mm-hmm. You're right there in that. I like it. Eh, I'm not going to live and die by it tonight. Yeah, A lot more on the Cardinals to come in the the future days. Whenever it pops up, obviously, we're going to do it at 1230 every single day. But other times, it'll be there as well. Up next, we're going to see what's trending around the globe in St. Louis, in the state of Missouri. That's next up on the show on KMOX. What is
3: it? What's happened? What's going on? What do you know?
0: What just happened? What happened?
1: I need to know. Trending now on the show.
2: All right, Kevin, Amy, and Chris on the show here on KMOX. This is where we do trending now. It's just a quick look, a couple times a show, at stories that are trending locally, that are trending mm-hmm. statewide, that are national. Sometimes they're serious, sometimes they're sports, sometimes they're entertainment. Like we talked to Obi Wan Kenobi last time. Um, so we're going we to
4: f- talk to him. No, That's no, 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 what no, no. I thought you no, no, said. No, yeah. no,
2: no. I said about. Do you think we could get you in on the show? Ewan uh, McGregor. I got friends, so I'll call people. Uh, we you don't. We do don't
4: have friends. Whenever I ask a question to Kevin, he's like, "Whoa." I've got a friend who does I've got a friend. I know a guy.
2: I do. I know a bunch of guys. Yeah. And and a lot of, lot of women, too. Like, okay. the whole thing. Like, it's a it's a
3: network. See if you can get us Ewan McGregor. Cut. uh, Natalie Portman. Okay. One of those two. Yeah. We don't need Hayden Both. Christensen. Unnecessary. I could
2: easily get Hayden Christensen. I don't know. Uh, okay. I don't have no idea. He's no looking idea. for work. Yeah. All okay. right. So, we got a number of different it's, angles it's here. Work. Some things that are trending locally. Amy, you saw a local story today that... that
4: yeah. Seems like it hit home with you. Yeah, it's a bit more serious. I don't know if you guys heard about the hiker in Wildwood who went missing on May 23rd. She was a 72-year-old woman who went hiking. Now, this is like around that Al Foster Trail, and there's the Al Foster tra- Trailhead. Any hikers, walkers, runners, bikers, they all know that area. The It's an incredible trail system. We were just talking about the Zombie East, Zombie West trails, and but it's also not a, a huge park, uh, like Yellowstone or something, where you could truly, truly get lost. And so, uh, so much concern for this hiker who did go missing since May 23rd. They were able to ID her body. I think they have to officially ID it with the medical examiner's office. But she was found down the Merrimack River, which flows alongside the Al Foster Trail in Castlewood, about 30 miles from the trailhead where she parked down near Arnold. Wow. Uh, yeah. So we don't we don't know what it, happened. We don't
3: is is that okay, so you're out there a lot. Mm-hmm. Is it the kind of thing that if you were alone You've got to be very careful. Like, is it is it is it that dangerous?
4: No, that's what's interesting. Now, Castlewood State Park, if you hike some of the trails that go up on the bluffs, there are areas where, I mean, you could fall off of the bluff, but you wouldn't be in the river. You, you would land on, you know, rocks beneath you. And then with the Al Foster Trail and those paths... You actually have to walk down an embankment to a beach. The river, you wouldn't fall off the trail into the river. that That's what's kind of interesting.
2: Yeah. That's a horrible story.
4: It's really sad. Yeah. But I i, I think the good news is there's some, it's not good news, but there's closure in the sense that they, they believe they found the the body. I mean, I think they did assume the worst by this point. Yeah. So, mm.
2: Sad for the family there. Raj, we got anything else trending that's, uh, that's, your attention what was the other thing amy we were just talking about it and i've asked her twice what was the thing we were going to talk about and i've totally (laughs) forgotten all right well again what what is it that she can't remember either i'll tell you what since i clicked on because what we're doing is looking at what's trending in the news what's trending on twitter so when you click on news under the trending section one of them is the one that we were going to get to and that is the mona lisa story ah that that was it it. yeah that was it so tell everybody about it, Ranj. Explain. Well, I would
3: the actually release a story. I, I, I'd actually
2: rather have Amy
3: do this <laughs> I would because, love to the, do this. because please do because yes. this is just so funny. So a man
4: I, disguised himself as an elderly woman <laughs> in a wheelchair at the Louvre, and you would think, why would he disguise himself as an elderly woman in the wheelchair? Well, he knew the Louvre's policies for those who are in wheelchairs or who may be. Uh, disabled in a way and he would get prime viewing of the Mona Lisa. Once he got the prime position uh, near in the Louvre, near the Mona Lisa, he threw a pastry at the picture and smeared cake and, and pastry cream all over the Mona Lisa glass. And as he did so, uh he's he yelled in french think about the earth apparently he was trying to raise awareness for climate change as he was being escorted away by security
3: which i look i'm totally down with that i think there should be awareness uh, to it <laughs> this is this is a, that's a way it, it's that's not a your way the first way well I mean, why don't you smear cake? Oh, I guess that would be assault. I was going to say smear cake over somebody who refuses to do anything about climate change and has the ability to at least help, but I think that's battery. I don't think you're allowed to smear cake on people. I love the quote from one of the people who was there. It was a student at a Kansas community college, and she said, I was in awe. Like she's (laughs) She's in awe of watching this dude smear a pastry all over the the painting is fine by the way because it's protected by thing. glass
4: why did he need to be an elderly woman if he had been in the wheelchair because they were using the, the the wheelchair rules to get him that prime position for the Mona Lisa why did he also have to be an elderly? well I mean woman? there's a,
3: there's a hierarchy of people you deem to be dangerous like yeah. dudes in a wheelchair far more dangerous than women in a wheelchair I guess
2: Nothing like nothing like undermining the greater message that you would like to send by doing something this ridiculously stupid. Like you want to raise awareness and nobody's going to be talking about what your cause is. They're talking about what an idiot you are.
4: I do feel like sometimes, though, when it's a really bizarre story, it generally is a climate change activist. Have you
2: noticed uh, that? I mean, I'm not going to say that. About that that is not true, but I feel like there are a lot of bizarre stories that don't involve that. He set
4: himself on fire in front of the Supreme what about, Court a uh, few months ago.
2: Yeah. What, what about the, well...
4: I'm not saying the most damaging. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying kind of like unique ways.
3: How about the PETA people who are gluing oh, themselves to right. like the Dallas Mavericks floor and the Starbucks <gasps> no, counter. That was,
4: yes, that was for the prices of the, the oat James, milk or something. The James
3: Cromwell, the Wh- president is, in every
2: movie ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, he's in su- succession, too. Yeah, his, his, He was angry. He, yeah. he and his I guess, I don't know, are they his followers? Are they Cromwellites? I don't know. They're mad that you actually have to pay more for something yeah. no, that I costs think, more. I, I mean, No, I,
3: I do think that that's a PETA thing, I believe. It? it's an animal rights thing because they want you to consume less milk sure mm-hmm. okay so why make oat milk more expensive it than more regular than milk? i i don't know man i'm i'm not and the again, one gluing myself i mean, myself
2: again, to- I mean this, I this is like the argument of going to the automotive companies and like your electric cars should be the same or less expensive okay, right. than the ones we want because we got to get i mean okay fine wonderful but if you're asking a company to provide you something that costs them more you're going to pay that difference
4: And I'm not saying the most damaging or dangerous. I'm just saying the most creative.
2: You're saying that with air quotes.
4: Well, I mean, a pastry at the Mona Lisa.
2: It is kind of creative to glue yourself to things. It's dumb. Hang tight. Show continues after the news.
1: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof?